name's Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. Hey, everyone. My name is Hamad Zaidi, and I have a disability. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. Hey, Jonathan, today we are going to talk about chasing your dreams and taking steps toward that through discussing my very first job after college. Nice, nice. That's cool. Which was not a lot to brag about, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) But here's what I'd love to talk about. You ready to get going? Yeah, definitely. I graduated California State University, Northridge, affectionately known as CSUN, here in the Los Angeles area. Mm. My degree was in media management, and so I knew I wanted to be a producer writer. Okay. So I get out of college. I'm thinking, man, I've got my film school degree. You know, I I, I have a passion for doing this. I'm going to go work on a movie. Mm. Right? Yeah. (laughs) 411 resumes later, (laughs) nobody hires me, right? And so my dad and mom say, you can always work for our engineering company. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to make movies. And they're like, yeah, keep trying, son. But, you know, 411 resumes is no short amount. (laughs) No small amount, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Somebody has to hire me. Somebody does. Yeah, yeah. So I sent, so I sent out the 412, right? Yeah. And if people are wondering how to even find that many places, back then the Hollywood Reporter, which is a magazine, yeah, and the Daily Variety, which is another magazine, they're basically like the Wall Street Journal of the film industry. Okay. They would list every movie that's getting ready to shoot. Oh, wow. So you, you like literally probably mailed I mean, back in this time, I'm assuming you mailed your resume. It's not like you emailed it or faxed it, right? Like, Correct. Yeah, there was, yeah. I, I don't – if the internet was around, it was barely around because this was the fall of 92. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, this was mailing hundreds of resumes. <laughs> That's a lot this of stamps. Was, yeah. This was going to the post office, right, with 400 resumes. Man. <laughs> right? So – it was not as easy as it is today. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the 412th I send out, five days later, I get a call. Nice. Right? I answer the phone, and they go, hello, can I speak to Hamad? And I'm like, it's me. And they said, hey, we're calling from the movie Taking Gary Feldman. Would you like to come in for an interview? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I lived in Westlake Village, which is by Thousand Oaks at the time. Okay. And which is 90 minutes or at least an hour from Los Angeles. Okay. And they're like, can you be here in an hour? <laughs> right? Oh, man. And I'm like, can I make it an hour and a half? And, and she goes, yeah, that's fine. So I just jumped in the car, Jonathan, man, and I bolted. And all the way there, I was praying that L.A. traffic gave me a a couple of breaks. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I remember this like it was yesterday, man. My interview was at 1 p.m. I parked at 12.58. Oh, man. And, man, I parked my car and I just ran as fast as I could, (laughs) thinking, man, people in the film industry are really anal about being on time. Okay, yeah. So I got there at like 101. 
right? And she didn't say anything. She didn't say anything about me being a minute late. Okay, right? okay. She interviewed me. It was about a 20, 25-minute interview. I, she kept on looking at my, my hand, right? Yeah, yeah. But she kept on saying, can you do office work? Because this is an office work job. So I wasn't even going to be on set. Okay, all right. You were more I, doing behind-the-scenes kinds of things probably then, right? Yeah, behind the scenes, making photocopies of the scripts, just doing really boring office work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. And then she goes, all right, one last thing. This is a non-paid position. Oh, man. (laughs) And I'm like, no problem. Absolutely no problem. Just give me a chance. Yeah. So I spent the first two weeks of that movie making copies and just doing a lot of uh, like accounting type paperwork. I wasn't doing the accounting. I was just taking the accounting paperwork, filing it away. Yeah. Doing payroll stuff for them. How how many how many hours would you say you were working a week? Um uh, probably 14 a day. 14 hours a day? Yeah. Whew. Um 14 a day, 6 days a week, so 84 hours a week. Man, they're they're getting their uh, their value out of you. <laughs> Yeah, they were. They were. At the end of week one, they say that there's a non-paid job on set, actually okay. on the set. Okay. Right? And the job was to be the puppy wrangler because there's a couple puppies in the movie. Okay. And, man, I'm like, I want to be the puppy wrangler. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And you know why they wouldn't give it to me, man? Because you're probably because they thought you couldn't do it with your hand, right? No, no, that would have been I would have been okay with that. Oh, okay. They said you're too valuable in the office. Oh man! No, (laughs) absolutely not. I want to be on set, right? And and I got to tell you, my direct boss, this this woman, she was great. She was kind. She wasn't mean. Her boss, the production coordinator. Yeah. I mean, that guy was just a dick. He was so mean. No kidding. All I remember about that guy is he was, his name was Jim. Okay. He was, he was from North Carolina. So, Jonathan, man, I could do no right. That guy, every little thing, like a paper was bent on the script that I copied you know, okay. the brads were, were not completely flat. I'm like, are you kidding me? What I mean by that, you do three-hole punch for screenplays back then before, yeah. they were, before they were emailed. Right. And you put these metal brads through them, and he's like, I want each brad completely flat. I'm like, dude, really? Yeah. Really? Like, how about right? you start paying me and they'll get flat? <laughs> like- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I started to get really bummed because... I had the gift, I had the opportunity of driving 75 minutes to work for free. Right. Working 14 to 15 hours per day for free. Yeah. And being yelled at basically all day long. For free. (laughs) Free. Free. Okay. So in the middle of the second week that I was doing this, after I lost the puppy wrangler opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the big, big producers comes into the room and they say, hey, we're hiring Kathy Moriarty. You know, the actor? Yeah. We're hiring Kathy Moriarty. She needs an assistant. 
And I'm like, me, me, <laughs> right? The, the guy that didn't like me, he's like, well, definitely not him, not him. Oh. He's the most junior production assistant here. Yeah. You know, you should give it to somebody else who's worked on a set before. And then they were going to give it to this other, you know, PA, this, this girl who was really nice. Yeah. And they go, what kind of, uh, what kind of car do you have? And she's like, I don't have a car. <laughs> and they go, well, it's not you. And they go to somebody else. And they go, what kind of car do you have? And she said, well, I have my mom's old, like, you know, Volvo that's a 1976. And she's like, it's not you. And then the producer looked at me and she goes, what do you drive? And I'm like, a two-year-old Nissan 240SX. <laughs> and she goes... Congratulations, you're Captain Moriarty's assistant. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, yes. So not only did I get to go on set, but I was the assistant of one of the main stars. That's cool. Now, for people who are wondering who Kathy Moriarty is, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for um, the Jake LaMotta movie, mm. Raging Bull. Mm. I believe she played De Niro's wife in Raging Bull. And here's what's really weird about this. This is where it gets weird. The movie was being shot in Westlake Village. Okay. Kathy Moriarty lived in Beverly Hills, which was an hour away. So would you have to pick her up and drive her in? Exactly. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so I had to drive an hour in the morning to get Kathy just so we could drive an hour back, even though the set was only four minutes from my home. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. But the cool thing is, Kathy, and I don't know if this restaurant's still open, but man, I hope it is. Kathy owned a restaurant with James Kahn called the Mulberry Street Pizzeria. Okay. If it is, I'll look it up and I'll put it on our website. And so what she would do, she she could, she didn't want to say Hamad, right? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if she could, but she didn't want to say Hamad. She goes, I'm just going to call you H, Right. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, H, when you pick me up, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go to Mulberry Street Pizzeria every single morning, and we're going to get a slice of pizza. That's cool. And you're going to tell me about your life, and you're going to tell me about what you want to do, blah, 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 blah. So she was awesome. That's cool. Awesome. So the other people in that movie were Danny Aiello. Mm. And Joe Pantoliano. And Joe was best known to play Guido the Killer Pimp in, in Risky Business. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it was just this wild experience of me picking up Kathy, driving her an hour, and then a week after that, Jonathan, mm. Kathy's like, how much are they paying you for this? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what do you mean by paying me? Man, she lost it. She called, she called the producer. Yeah. And she's like, you're paying my assistant and you're back paying him for every day that he's been on set. Oh, man. So they did. And I got the amazing, amazing salary of $50 a day. There you go. <laughs> and then along the way, I drove so much because back then my car was actually a stick shift. Okay, yeah. And I'll tell you. This is why I love Kathy Moriarty so, so much. Man, she never questioned it. 
she got in my car. She saw my disabled hand. She saw my limping leg. And she saw that I was about to drive her an hour in Los Angeles traffic as I shifted my car. Yeah, yeah. She didn't say a word. That's She's awesome. Like, this is yours, right, H? And I'm like, yeah, it's my car. She goes, let's go. And she, the cool thing about Kathy, she read the script every single morning. I mean, from beginning to end. No kidding. Every morning. She knew every single person's lines, not just hers. Wow, that's cool. It was so awesome. And then you want to hear about some trouble I had on set? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the lesson I learned on set was from Danny Aiello, and he didn't cause me any trouble. Okay. The lesson I learned from him, he came to me one day and he goes, H, I got to teach you something. And I said, sure, Mr. Aiello, what would you like to teach me? And he goes, you agree too damn much. And I'm like, what? And he goes, you agree way too much. Whatever Kathy says, whatever I say, whatever Joe says... You just say, yes, you agree. And you know what? That sucks. You know? <laughs> and, it, and I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, man, this, this actor, this major actor guy is bashing me, right? Mm, mm. And so I just have to like, thank you, sir. I'll get better at it. And he goes, don't give me that bullshit. Grow some balls. Have an opinion. And you know what? I remembered him saying that in November of 1992. Mm. I never forgot it. Mm. He's like, no one's going to respect you if you don't have an opinion, kid. Mm. Grow some balls, have an opinion. Mm. Right? So, yeah. Mr. Aiello, I don't think you'll ever hear this, but if you do, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and now I want to tell you about the trouble I had on set. Oh, man, don't tell me it was that, with that producer guy. With, 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 with who? With the, the producer, no. the one who hated no. you? No, it wasn't him. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was Joe Pantoliano. Oh, really? And I like the guy. I think he's a great actor. But, man, what a... Not a nice person to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the... Here's what he would get pissed off about. The actors always sat at their table. Okay. The peons and everyone else sat on their table right. far, far away from the actors. Right, right. But Kathy was really cool. She's like, H, you're going to sit with me. Right? Yeah. S sit with Kathy. And Pantaleano would always hate that. Right? Yeah. S when she wasn't around, he would torture me. No kidding. Right? And, and I'm not going to pretend like he tortured me every single day, but he did it enough for me to know that the guy did not like me. Right. Right. And here's what he would do. The food would be 50 yards away. Okay. Right? The ca catering area. Yeah, yeah. And so he'd call me over. He'd see that I'm getting my food. And he'd be like, H, come here. Right? And I'd have to drop everything and run. Because that was the, the rule, that if an actor needs you, you bolt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I ran all the way there. And he goes, H, get me a fork. And I'm thinking, dude, you couldn't have just yelled, get me a fork, so I, was, so I could bring you one? Right. Right? Right. Got to run all the way back, full speed. Get him his damn fork. Run all the way back and hand it to him. And you know what he did? Threw it on the floor. Threw it on the floor. No way. He threw it on the floor. He goes, H, I need another fork. And 
He did that to me two or three times until Kathy came out of her trailer and saw what he was doing and stopped him. Mm. Isn't that crazy? It is. That's totally like, because I was wondering if you're going to have a story like that. It's like, oh man, here we go. You're going to be an assistant to like an actor or an actress. Like, are they going to make you do this like stupid, insane, crazy stuff? And, you know, thankfully it wasn't who you're actually working for, but still. Yeah. And you know what? That is thankful because she always kept me safe. Yeah. Yeah. And as the weeks went on, she then told the producer, H is picking me up in the morning, driving me an hour. You're working his butt 14, 15, 16-hour days. And then he has to drive me back in, to Beverly Hills at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. She's like, this, is, this shit's got to change. Here's what you're going to do. Four hours before the end of the night, H needs to go take a nap. Because hmm. I, I do not want him tired if you're going to have him drive me an hour. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So I got my naps in because of Kathy Moriarty, which is also... Amazing, right? <laughs> and the whole time she's asking me, what do you really want to do in your career? And I said, I want to be a writer and a producer. And she was just always so matter of fact. She's like, then H, you will. You absolutely will, right? Yeah. And then when I told that to, to Joey, Joe Pantoliano, man, he would always be like, he'd laugh as loud as he could. You a producer? No way in hell. Are you kidding me? You're lucky you got an assistance job, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right? yeah. So it was a really interesting seven or six or seven week period because one side of me uh, was hating it and the other side of me was loving it because I'm like, give me more, give me all you got because I'm not going to give up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you throw me whatever you want to because I'm not going to give up. Now, did you stay in any kind of contact with with her after this, or? You know, I I haven't talked to Kathy in a very long time. When I got out of UCLA and produced my first movie, so I was in my late twenties. Yeah. I reached out to her and said, "Hey, remember me? I was your assistant," and she did. And I said, "I just produced my first indie film. I just executive produced my first indie movie," and she's like, "Ah, oh, good for you, good for you." But then we didn't really keep in touch. Okay. Okay. Although I only have love for her. She was awesome. Yeah, yeah. The coolest part about this story is October 31st of that same year. Because I think I got hired in early October. Yeah. October 31st, U2 was playing Dodger Stadium. Okay. And it was Larry Mullen Jr.'s birthday. Mm. And it was like this... It was a Zoo TV tour. It was a huge tour. And I really wanted to go. (laughs) So, so bad. But we were shooting on that day. And you can't just tell your boss of the first movie you ever got hired on that you need one of the days off to see a concert. Right, right. No matter how badly I wanted to, you can't do it. Yeah. And so the morning of October 31st, Kathy calls me over to her trailer, and she's like, H, I got an errand for you to run, right? Yeah. And she gave me this, like, four or $500, and she goes, I want you to go buy a shitload of candy for all the kids on set. Okay. Because the lead kid was Alex Zuckerman. He played, um, you know, the lead. Yeah, yeah. And he was a kid. So she goes, for Alex and all the other extras and all the kids on set, you need to get a shitload of candy. 
And I'm like, you want me to buy $500 worth of candy? That, that was probably a lot of candy back then. <laughs> you know? And she tells me, she goes, no, I want you to buy $100 worth of candy. And I want you to take the other $400, take the rest of the day off, and go buy yourself two tickets to U2 tonight. What? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And she goes, what do you think, I'm stupid? You don't think I know that you're dying to go to that show? She goes, you've busted your ass for me the last several weeks. I already told the producers I'm giving you the rest of the day off. Go to you two, have fun. Man, that is amazing. Isn't that awesome? It is. And so for all the crap that I went through in the office and being yelled at for 14, 15 hours a day, turned into this amazing growth experience with Kathy that turned into... A U2 concert on Halloween night. Man. It was unbelievable. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it was crazy. And, you know, to wrap up this story, let me just tell you, I held on so much anger over that guy, Jim. Yeah, yeah. It was my, my boss that yelled at me all the time. Yeah. And then, you know when I let all that anger go? No. Five or six years ago, my friend turned me on to a website yep. that listed all of the film professionals that died of AIDS, mm. and he was on it. No way. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And when I read his bio, it said, I don't want to give his last name out, but yeah, when, I read his, yeah. when I read his bio, it said his last movie wasn't mine. His last movie was a year after. Mm. It was Schindler's List. No kidding. Yeah. He worked on Schindler's List, and then he passed away from AIDS. Wow, that's crazy. And so when I read that, I thought, well, wait a minute. He had AIDS when he was being, you know. Yeah, when he was being mean to you. So, you know, he had other things going on in his life that I wasn't privy to. Yeah. So I should let all of that anger go. Yeah. No, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, that makes sense. You know, so... Oh, and lastly, that was my, um, the movie when I, what was I going to say? The movie's name was Taking Gary Feldman when we shot it. Yep. But they changed the name. The name now is Me and the Kid. So if you look up the movie, it's under Me and the Kid. Okay. You know, starring Alex Zuckerman as the kid, Danny Aiello, Joe Pantoliano, Kathy Moriarty. Man, that's cool. Pretty wild, you know? And and the coolest thing is those $50 a day that I eventually got paid, they mean more to me than what I get paid now. I hear you. They do, because I'm like, somebody finally believed enough in me to say, we're going to give this guy an opportunity. And for people out there saying, yeah, but he got the opportunity to work for free. Guess what? That's the entire motion picture industry, even today. Yeah, totally. You, you want to break in, the first thing you're doing is getting an internship. No one's going to give you a big salary just to, just to break because, in. Yeah, just because. Right. Pretty, pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, no, it, it's, it shows, like, perseverance, you know, just getting in there and, and, and trudging along, you know? Well, either perseverance or stupidity, one of the two, my <laughs> friend. One of the two. So, sometimes it takes a little stupidity to get stuff done, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, my whole attitude is everyone's telling me I can't do this. 
everyone's telling me I shouldn't do this, and everyone's telling me a college graduate should get a real job and not go try to work on some movie. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I really, really, really wanted to do it, and I wanted to prove to strangers that I had the ability to, to work well with them. Totally. So for all you people out there that are, you know, wondering about how to get into your dream job, one way is to offer your services for free until you're so damn good that they feel guilty about <laughs> still paying you, still making you, pay, making you work for free. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So that is the story today. Awesome. If you guys want to you know, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. You know, again, thank you for everyone listening and downloading. The numbers continue to climb and just continue to share on all the social media sites. And don't forget, check out toysaccessible.com where the needs of children with various disabilities are met with these toys. They're, they're created uh, knowing that children with low motor skills or quadriplegics or, or you know, blind or deaf or learning disabilities are going to be playing with these toys. So check out toysaccessible.com. Yes, and if you want to reach out to us, you can contact us at info at limpingoncloud9.com, info at limpingoncloud9.com. And everyone, thank you for listening and downloading. We'll talk to you next episode. See ya.